I'm your host, Tom Wilmer, reporting from Florida, St. George Island. St. George Island's turtle lady, Kimberly Crossan, shares fascinating insights about the island's turtles and the turtle volunteers' efforts to protect and nurture the baby turtles. Turtlers actively scour the beaches to locate and mark turtle nests. Their daily walks include looking for signs of nesting activity, hatchings, as well as disoriented hatchlings. St. George Island turtle volunteers actively monitor more than 12 miles of beaches. St. George Island is situated in the Gulf of Mexico, adjacent to Florida's Panhandle, not far from Panama City in Tallahassee. Come along and join Kimberly Crossan, the Turtle Lady, to learn the rest of the story. Good morning, my name is Kimberly Crossan, and I'm the Assistant Coordinator for the St. George Island Sea Turtle Patrol. I love it. So you're the buddies of the sea turtles. Yes, sir. Yeah. Do they recognize you? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing it for eight years, wow. so I have put a lot of hatchlings in the water. I hope I'm still around. It takes about 30 years for them to come back, but wow. but maybe in 30 years I'll still be doing this, and hopefully they'll remember me. And you have more than 30 volunteers that help you. Yeah, I do, yes. Yeah. So tell us about the process yourself and the other people that work with you so we get up every morning we start may 1st and we go until usually the end of november or when the last nest is in the water we get up before sunrise and we go out and we walk about a mile and a half and look for turtle tracks if we see the turtle tracks we'll decide if it's a green turtle or a loggerhead turtle based on how the tracks look. And then we also decide if it's a nest or a false crawl. If it's a false crawl, we'll just record the GPS and the measurements, the width of the tracks to Mm -hmm. determine how big the turtle was. If it is a nest, we'll follow it up. We'll verify if there's eggs in there or not. And if there are eggs, we'll record all the data for that. We'll also put a four by four screen on top of it with poles and mark it. So the false tracks, that's where the the mother might come up and then changes her mind. Correct, yes. And sometimes we laugh if she crawls up really far but still doesn't nest. We'll say she had Braxton Hicks. (laughs) (laughs) False labor. Yes, that's funny. (laughs) In addition to you, it's dependent upon a cadre of volunteers. And tell us about what that process is, where you assign them and how you divvy up the beachfront. So I have been really fortunate and over the last eight years we've been able to build an amazing team. So most of my volunteers have a minimum of two years. Now I did have I think four new ones this year that were brand new. So what we do is we'll put those, the new volunteers with the older ones, the ones that have been doing it for a while. Kind of tutor them, yeah. Yeah, get on the job training. But I think most of them are four years and more, Mm -hmm. or four seasons into it or more. And then you work in partnership with Florida State University too, right? We do, yes. That has to do with how you started yourself, right? It is, yes. Like I told you before, I've read a book and just knew that I wanted to be a turtle lady and was very interested (laughs) in conservation. And what was the book that got you? The book is called Beach Memories by Mary Alice Monroe. Mm -hmm. She's actually, they made that book into a movie on the Hallmark Channel a couple years ago. But it just impacted my life now 
eight years later, I'm the assistant coordinator for the Sea Turtle Patrol. <laughs> that's that's so cool. Yes. And so the green turtles are the more common visitors, right? Actually, the loggerheads oh, are the lo most common. Oh, are they? Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, so are the green is the special trait though. Yes, he, they are definitely special. So this year I had 319 nests mm -hmm. on the beach. 53 of them were green. The others were, were all loggerheads. Mm -hmm. This was not our biggest nesting season, but it was our biggest green year. Interesting. And our greens usually only come every other year, but the last two years we've been getting them every year. And we can tell by the size of them that these are new mothers that are nesting on the off year. They're smaller, their nests aren't as deep. So this is definitely conservation at work because for the last 30 years, we only got greens every other season. And Talk, now we get them every season. That's so cool. Talk to us a moment about the turtle bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the little Sargasso Island. Oh, my gosh. So, so we laugh about it. I have a lot of captains that, you know, let me know what's going on out in the water. So we call it the turtle bar where the, the nesting females will swim out and meet a male and <laughs> and have a date <laughs> and then she'll come back and nest again in a few weeks that's really other thing is that our hatchlings once they hatch and they make it safely to the water they have about a 20 mile swim mm -hmm. which is why it's so important for them not to get disoriented before they get in the water because they've got to get out to the sargassum flats mm -hmm. and what that is is like a floating island where the sargassum grass has ripped up off the bottom of the mm -hmm. ocean and they stay there for about a year. So they just climb on top of the they massive... They do. It's like a yeah. big raft. And they just climb up there and then... Um, and how do they know where it is? How to get there? Isn't it the truck? It's it's amazing. We still don't... We, we just don't know, but oh, that's They just, know more than you they know. They do. <laughs> Even to see them hatch and just scramble immediately running for the water mm -hmm. is just amazing. And sometimes, like I said, I'll have to take a turtle home and wait for it to be, get dark to release it, or mm -hmm. I'll pick up a stranding and... Um, but as soon as I get them close to that water and they lift up their tiny little head and get that whiff of ocean air, they just run. Wow. They know exactly what to do. What a trap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Relative to what you're just talking about, talk to us about the dark skies movement here on the island. Oh, okay. So, yes, absolutely. It's so important that we keep the beach clean, flat, and dark because artificial lights from us humans can disorient the mamas and the hatchlings. And the hatchlings are so tiny and they've only got just a small amount of energy and they've got that huge swim ahead of them. If they get turned around or pulled towards the house, mm -hmm. they're liable to get picked off by birds, eaten by ants, the ghost crabs pinch their heads off. It's just awful. So we really want to turn off all the lights. We want to be sure we're using turtle friendly lights, especially if you're walking on the beach at night, you don't want to use a white light. You want to use a, a red light and just, you know, be very respectful. If you see a mama, if you come up on her with a white light or you disturb her, she could actually stop nesting. Oh, wow. And if she doesn't, we call that a false crawl or an abandoned egg chamber. Mm -hmm. So if she's in the middle of nesting and she's disturbed and she goes back into the water, she might come back, but she also could dump that clutch in the water and obviously they're not going to incubate or mm -hmm. grow. So that would be, we would lose that entire 120 possible turtles or possible hatchlings because she was disturbed 
Is this kind of the headquarters for turtles in Florida or? So not in Florida. We are the highest nesting density beach in the Panhandle. Uh But South Florida still, there are parts of South Florida that get 10,000 nests. Oh, wow. But why we are so important is because South Florida is so much hotter than us. Mm -hmm. So they're producing mostly females. But here, based on our data loggers and our temperature sensors, we feel like we're producing 60-40. So we are still putting about 40% males in there. So temperature has a lot to do with whether you hatch males or females. Yes, absolutely. That's really fascinating. Yes, so we call it hot chicks and cool dudes. (laughs) It's to say the hotter the sand, the more females. Uh The cooler the sand, the more males. Uh (laughs) So I do have one nest left which I've called my miracle nest. It was laid on September 11th, which is the latest we've ever had a green nest laid on St. George Island. It is about a block from here, and currently it's at 81 days. But one of the reasons this nest is so important is, of course, every turtle is important. Mm -hmm. But if and when it hatches, it will be all males. Mm -hmm. Because we've had such cold temperatures this season, or, you know, the last two months. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, last week we had three or four days in the 30s and the high 30s but mm-hmm. in just for a few hours but so this nest has definitely incubated below the chance of any females it'll be an all-male nest how interesting and just for a moment describe how big the green and the loggerheads are so the loggerhead turtle which is our biggest visitor she can get up to about 300 pounds mm-hmm. and her shell is probably about three foot long and about two and a half feet wide. Mm-hmm. And then the green, when it gets full grown, can be up to 500 pounds. Wow, and that's the Volkswagen bug, right? No, that's the leatherback. Oh, okay. The yeah, leatherback. so there's a leatherback that's then bigger. And that's even bigger. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and the leatherbacks, I think they've weighed in at 1,500 pounds. Whoa. So, and we only get those like maybe once every six to seven uh-huh. years. But you've dealt with them? You've. I personally have not uh-huh. had the chance to interact with yeah. them, but it is definitely a bucket list. You're ready. Huh? Oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> That's so cool. Mm -hmm. So where are some of the other neighboring hatchling sites that are pretty popular? So we've got Dog Island, which Mm -hmm. is right on the other side of the state park. And that's Miss Terry's, and she gets about 40, 50, 60 nests a year. Mm -hmm. We've also got Little St. George that is just on the other side of the plantation. And back in, I think, the 50s, it was part of St. George. But the Army Corps of Engineers needed, and and my dates might be a little bit off, but the Army Corps of Engineers needed a cut through to the Gulf from the bay. Uh So they dug dug a hole, and we call it the cut now. But Little St. George is an uninhabited island. Mm -hmm. It's totally protected, so it's amazing. They're just fantastic they could probably get 200 250 nests a year Mm -hmm. over there and again the island we're on right now is saint george George. and we had 319 nests this year 53 were green and with human beings that's your biggest population too right yes yes absolutely how many people live on the island approximately i'm not sure i think that there are 700 families that live here Mm full-time now about 10 years ago, there was only 400 of us that lived here full-time. 
It's mostly rental homes. Mm-hmm. Summer, I, winter vacation. Yes. Snowbirds. Snowbirds, yeah. yes. Exactly. And we love our snowbirds. We love them. During the high season, summer season, most of the houses just rent for a week. Mm-hmm. But during, like now, the snowbirds will come in and they'll stay for three months. I was down in Texas and they they call them their winter Texans. Oh, I love that. <laughs> So, how did you get here? So, I grew up in Georgia, Fayetteville, Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's about five hours away. And we used to come here when I was little. And um, I just knew that this was where I wanted to be. So, so you made it happen. I did, yeah. yes. And I live here full time now. Uh-huh. And you have another job, right? I do. <laughs> I do have a real job. I am a technical sales executive. Turtles are your real job. Yes, turtles are my passion, <laughs> yeah. but I sell zebra equipment for to pay the bills. Uh-huh. <laughs> I sell zebras and save turtles. There you go. <laughs> so to learn more about your world of turtles here, where would you recommend people go? Website, Facebook, what works best? Absolutely visit the Apalachicola National Estuary Research and Reserve. It's called Anner, uh-huh. and it's right across the bridge. It's in East Point. They also have a website. It's A-N-N-E-R. You're reading upside down. I am reading upside down. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a Facebook page, St. George Island Turtlers. Um, you could follow me on Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook at Kimberly Alexis underscore sea turtle or on instagram and kimberly alexis on facebook and those both pages are dedicated mostly to the turtles perfect kimberly thank you so much thank you i appreciate it it's been great i'm your host tom wilmer reporting from turtle land in florida we'll see you here You've been listening to the Lowell Thomas award-winning travel show Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer, a featured podcast on NPR.org's podcast directory. You are invited to subscribe to Journeys of Discovery with Tom Wilmer on NPR.org, iTunes, and more than 20 other podcast channels around the world. To learn more about Tom Wilmer's journeys around America and the world, log on to thomaswilmer.com. This is Roseanne Cash, and I'm sitting here with Tom Wilmer. Please support your local NPR station. I listen to WNYC in New York. In fact, NPR is all I listen to. If I didn't have NPR, I would feel like my lifeline to the world has been cut. So, yes, please support your local NPR station. World Bicycle Relief partners with communities to deliver specially designed, locally assembled, rugged bicycles for people in need. Nearly one billion people in rural regions of the world live in communities far from the nearest paved road, walking miles every day just to survive. Distance is a barrier to attending school, receiving health care, delivering goods to market, and other critical services needed to thrive. Find out how you can help deliver rugged, dependable, life-changing bicycles to deserving communities. Log on to worldbicyclerelief.org to learn more.